0: All right, so answer this question in your own mind, right? This is rhetorical. Just answer this question to yourself. What comes to your mind when you hear the word meek? Probably something like soft. uh, Probably something like passive. Something like weak. Something like that. It's interesting that the definition of meek actually is nothing like that. In fact, the definition of meat comes from this term that goes all the way back to ancient Greece. And the ancient Greeks, to prepare for war, would go and gather these wild horses and they would train them. And in that, in that world, if I don't know how many of you are horse people, but like, uh, in that world, if you go from a wild uh, horse to a trained horse, that's called breaking a horse, right? So they would, they would go and gather these wild horses and break them to prepare them and see if they were fit for war. And they would, they would go through this breaking process and they would assess, okay, this one is not fit, let's just send them back. This one's good to like pull a wagon and it's like it's gonna pull heavy loads but not really fit for war. And this horse, this horse is broken and it's fit for war. And the horse that was fit for war, that was ready to, to be saddled and, and go into battle, what that process was called when that horse was done was that horse has been meeked. Their power... Has been put under control. And they would describe that horse as meek. So that's certainly not weakness. It's certainly not passive. It's certainly not soft because the horse was fit to charge into battle. The horse was bold to go into the war. The horse was strong. But at the same time, was submissive to the pull of the reins of his master. And if he wanted to go this way, he would go this way. If he wanted to go this way, he would go this way. It was strength under control. If you've ever thought about the fact that people sit on the back of thousand pound animals and ride them, it's ridiculous. If the animal wanted to, it, would, it could kill you. I mean, it's just like, this. Should be clear about this but it's power brought under control. Why do I tell you that? Because that's a good picture of meekness. And as we look into Matthew chapter 5 today, Jesus is going to use that very word. And if we're not careful, we can misdefine and then misunderstand what Jesus is saying. Meekness is not weakness or passivity or on and on, whatever definition that you might have had in your head. Meekness, rather, is strength or power brought under control. If you remember, last week we started this series called B. Just looking at this passage in the scriptures uh, that this uh, that Jesus identi- that the Bible identifies as the Beatitudes, and why are we doing this? It's because the Beatitudes communicate what those who live in the kingdom of God ought to be. They are markers of people who live in the kingdom of God. So why are we doing this for you? So that you would examine your life. If you're in here and you say, "Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus," as we go through these, they ought to they ought to you ought to lift them up and say, "Am I?" these things examine my life if I'm claiming to live in the kingdom do I look like what Jesus says kingdom citizens ought to look like and if I don't I need to ask the question why do I not is it because there's unrepentant sin in my life or is it because I actually don't live in the kingdom and so we're looking at these things called the beatitudes because they're markers of what those who live in the kingdom ought to be. And I said last week, if you're here and you're not a follower of Christ, you're just checking this thing out, you got brought by a friend, you don't care about Christianity. What I hope you would do is stick around, you would go through this entire series and see that life in the kingdom is the best life possible. And so we'll jump in to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Just one verse. Matthew 5, verse 5 says this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If you remember the structure of all of the Beatitudes that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, uh, 1 through 12, is blessed are who for this reason. So it's blessed are who because why? That's how all of them are formatted. That's how this one is formatted. So we will ask that question first. Who is blessed? Blessed are who? What are the characteristics of those that live in the kingdom according to Matthew 5, Five, Jesus says, blessed are the meek. So let me just be clear again on what meekness is not. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not passivity. And if you're struggling with what passivity is, it's like you refuse to act in the face of a legitimate wrong. I should act here and I'm choosing to not act its passivity it's not cowardice it's not backing away it's not inactivity it's not being soft and on and on that could go whatever whatever definition you might have in your brain we want to wipe that away to understand what meekness is not but we also want to ask the question what is meekness what we said at the beginning meekness is power under control meekness is power under control it's strength under control it's the ability that you have to to express power to express strength but the ability to control it to harness it because here's the deal if you possess great strength, if you possess great power, it takes way more power. It takes way more strength to control it than it does to just exercise it at your will. If you just if you give in to every desire that you have to exercise the power that you have or the strength that you have, you're not exercising meekness because meekness is power under control. It's strength under control. It's the picture of the war horse in the beginning illustration. Said another way, we can understand meekness like this. Maybe we can understand the beatitude in this way. So let me just expand this word meekness by putting it in my own words here. Blessed are those who were once rebellious and a slave to their own desire, but were broken and now submit to a greater authority. That's meekness. I'll say it again. Blessed are those who were once rebellious and a slave to their own desire, but were broken and now submit to a greater authority. And if you're tracking with me, you probably think, that sounds like something I've heard before. Jesus is identifying, blessed are those that were once rebellious, that were once slaves to their own desires. Maybe we could say it, that Jesus is identifying those who were rebellious in their sin and were slaves to their sin, but were broken, were convicted, were come to the end of their self, came to themselves, were drawn in by the Spirit and transformed into something different. And you've come under a greater authority, When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he is identifying those who have identified with the gospel of Jesus. I was a rebel. I was against God. I was a follower of my own path. I was a follower of my own desire. And by the power of the Spirit, I was broken, and God drew me in and placed me under a greater authority. And blessed are those people. Blessed are the meek. That's what Jesus says. What are some examples of meekness in the Bible? Psalm 37, 1 through 11 actually helps us out. In fact, many people think that uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 is a reference or an allusion to Psalm 37. So we're just going to read through these first uh, first 11 verses together. We'll stop along the way when we need to. It says this, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. So whatever the scenario is, the psalmist that's writing is telling the people, hey, look, something bad is happening to you, but I'm just telling you, don't fret because of all these evildoers. Don't worry about it. Here's why, verse two, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Instead, do this, verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So we see that the psalmist is writing to these people, maybe about himself, maybe about the community. They are facing some kind of suffering, they are facing some kind of Hard time, and the wicked are winning. And the psalmist is writing and saying, don't fret. Don't retaliate. Don't act on your behalf. Verse 8. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. You've heard that before. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. Check this out, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in the abundant peace. You see, the psalmist identifies the meek person as those who are facing persecution or facing suffering, and maybe there's a desire in them to retaliate. Maybe they have the power to retaliate, but the psalmist is saying, you know what meek people are like? The ones who face suffering but refuse to retaliate, even though they have the power to do so. The ones who are facing wrongdoing and have the the power in themselves to say, I could strike you back, I could get revenge, but I'm refusing to do so. Instead, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to entrust myself to the greater authority. I'm going to trust that God is the better avenger. And that's a picture of meekness. I have the ability to get revenge for myself because I am being legitimately wronged. But I will entrust myself to God because He controls it better than I do. That's meekness. Surprise, surprise that Jesus is actually the perfect picture of meekness in the scriptures. He's actually identified as meek in the Bible. But there's a couple of places where we see this meekness play out. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. This is talking of Jesus' incarnation, his coming to earth, him like becoming a human. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not, equa- did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Did you catch the phrase that sounds a lot like meekness? Who, though he was in the form of God, did not, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He had the ability to express himself to the people, I am God, I am the man, I have all power, it's been given to me. But rather, he humbled himself. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, expressing himself as Meek, I had the ability to express this power, but I brought it under control because I'm submitting to a greater authority that is my father in heaven. Meekness. We see this again with Jesus at his arrest. They're in the garden. He's frustrated with his disciples at this point. He's like, "Hey guys, why don't you sit here? I'm gonna go over here and pray. You guys watch and pray, okay? Because like you know things are happening. So watch and pray. I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna pray. So he goes down, falls down, prays. He's like, "God, if you could just take this cup away from me. But either way, your will not mine." He comes back over. The disciples are sleeping. He's like, "Yo, hey, wake up. Okay, yeah, I need you to pray. Like I need you to pray. Like things are happening. Okay, I'm gonna go over here and pray. And he prays. And he's like, "God, if you could just take this away, please. But whatever you want to do, your way, not mine." And he walks over. And the disciples are sleeping again. He's like, "Forget it, guys. Just stand up. The hours it's going bad now the arrest is about to happen Matthew chapter 26 47 through 54 while he was still speaking Judas the one who betrayed him Judas came one of the 12 and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people they thought we're going to have to beat this cat in order to arrest him as we need to verse 48 now the betrayer had given them a sign saying the one I will the one I will kiss is the man Seize him And he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and one of those who was with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. So one of Jesus's boys is like, no, you will not take Jesus. No more ear for you. That was his reaction. He's like, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. He has no more ear. Verse 52, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Here's the verse that looks like meekness. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? Jesus expresses in 53 and 54, I have the power to crush these guys. I could call on my father and he would send 12 legions of angels. If you're keeping score at home, that's a whole lot of angels. But what is happening has to be done. That the scriptures would be fulfilled. I'm submitting myself to a greater authority that is my father in heaven because he's meek. He has the power to do so but he's brought it under control in submission to a greater authority maybe the greatest display of Jesus' meekness is his death on the cross Jesus the son of God, God the son goes to the cross to pay our sin debt, a death that you and I were supposed to die, Jesus dies for us in our place and First Peter 2.23 gives comments about that moment When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That is the picture of meekness. They spit on him, they made fun of him, they mocked him, and he did not retaliate. Instead, what did the text say? He entrusted himself to the just judge. He submitted himself to a greater authority that is his Father in heaven expressing meekness so let's get a right picture of what jesus is talking about when he says blessed are the meek blessed are those who have the power to express themselves in in strength but they bring that under control submitting themselves to a greater authority meekness Those who live in the kingdom, those who are followers of Jesus are meek. Those who live in the kingdom are meek because our king is meek. And we're modeling our king when we live in meekness. What might meekness look like for you in 2019 middle school and high school? Well, it's certainly going to look like not boasting of yourself. Not asserting yourself. Not living the life to say, I have to get number one. I have to be the center of attention. I have to be what people notice all of the time. That is not meekness. You probably had to fight this the most in 2019 on your social media accounts. Because how many people post on social media just to be encouraging to everybody else? Not very many. But how many people post on social media so that people will just notice I want to be seen. I want to be liked. And if it doesn't get enough likes, I'll pull it down because I didn't get the affirmation I was looking for. And he or she didn't like it. He or she didn't comment. Whatever. But I'm posting this so that people would know that I am awesome and they are not. And they must bow to me because I'm number one and they are not. And look at me. That's really the the goal of many people's use of social media. And you're going to have to fight with that if you're a follower of Jesus, if you want to live meek you're going to have to wrestle with that in yourself. You're going to have to ask yourself the question, what am I posting this for? So that people would notice, so that people would be impressed, so that people think I'm great, so that people would think my life is so great. Or is there a different reason? Because if the reason is any of the things that I just listed, you probably just shouldn't post it. You probably just shouldn't even go there. Because if you want to live meek as a citizen of the kingdom, you're going to have to live differently on social media. It will be be strange. It will not look like everybody in your school. You will post less. You will will get less of of the immediate reward of look how many likes, look how many comments, look how many followers I have. You will get less of that if you decide to live in the kingdom and be meek. I'm promising you the immediate reward that comes with that, you will not receive. But Jesus promises a better reward. You caught it in the verse, didn't you? Blessed are the meek. Why? They're going to inherit the earth. The reward's in the future, but the reward's way better than likes on Instagram. So let's live meek as people of Jesus. What else does it look like for us? Being meek means not retaliating or seeking revenge when you're wronged, but instead forgiving and being quick to do so. hey, I get it. I'm I'm not saying that when you're wronged that you should just lay down. I'm not saying that you shouldn't identify it as wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't call out injustice. You shouldn't call out evil. That's not what I'm saying because Jesus certainly did that all throughout the scriptures. He flipped tables in the temple. He looked at the Pharisees and said, woe to you, You you are like dead bones. Like he called out evil when it was evil. He called out injustice when it was injustice. But when it was in his power to retaliate and stand up for himself in a way that was just self-seeking, he didn't. He entrusted himself to a greater authority, to his Father in heaven. Meek people aren't going down swinging just so they can look tough. Meek people aren't even getting into the fight because they know this goes nowhere. This helps no one. I'm not going to retaliate. You wronged me. I understand. And I'm going to extend you forgiveness because my God extends me forgiveness in Jesus. It doesn't mean what you did was okay. It doesn't mean that we're friends. It just means that I forgive you because my God has forgiven me when I didn't deserve it. That's what meekness looks like. And Jesus calls these people blessed. It's okay. Does that mean that we're doormats? Does that mean that we don't stand up for justice? No. Remember, meekness is not passivity, it's not non-action, it's submission. Submission to promote God's will instead of our own will. Which will at some point mean standing boldly for the truth. But make sure that you're standing boldly for the right truth. Make sure that you're standing boldly for the right will, not your own, but God's. Generally, we won't, when we want vengeance, it's for ourself not for the kingdom of God. So when you find yourself frustrated and you remember this sermon, what are you frustrated for? What do you want, what do you want a v- vengeance for? Is it for God's will or your own? Meek people submit themselves to God's will, knowing that his is better than their own. Now the question I think on the table for you is, why would we want to do that? Why would would that be a desire for us? Well, number one, if you're a follower of Jesus, you want to be meek because your king is meek. We want to be like Christ. And Christ is meek. But why would we want to submit ourselves to another authority? Why would we want to submit ourselves to another master? Why can't I be my authority? Why can't I be my own master? One. You're a bad master for yourself. You're bad at ruling your life. You've proved it over and over again as you dive off into sin. I'm a bad ruler of my life. Two, the reason that we submit ourselves to a different authority is because our master is the best authority. Jesus is the best to submit under because his ways are best. When we submit to him, He operates all things for his glory and our good. Not for your ease, not for your pleasure, but for your good. Because he's the best master. So we willingly submit to him. So that's who's blessed. The meek. The ones who were once rebellious and a slave to their own desires, but were broken and brought up to submission under a greater authority. Blessed are the meek. Now, the last half, why? Why are they blessed? What's the result of having these characteristics, or this characteristic? Well, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, why? For they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. Why do the meek inherit the earth? Romans 8, 16 helps us out. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Maybe we could understand it like this, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, that we are children of God, verse 17. And if children, then... Heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. One of the promises to the Christ follower in the scriptures is that you are an heir with Christ. You will one day in the future rule with Jesus. Your reward is an heir to the kingdom of God. That's a way better reward than revenge. Revenge. That's a way better reward than likes of being noticed, than being most popular because you're the loudest and you work really hard to get noticed. That's a way better reward than any kind of notice that you could get. You fill in the blank for whatever the issue is for you, but inheriting the earth, ruling with Jesus, that is a far better reward. Meek people live and they play the long game because they know the reward that's coming is way better than whatever would feel good in this 10 seconds. So I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that temptation won't stir up in you. Man, it would feel good to be noticed right now. Everybody else is getting noticed. I'm not getting noticed. Everybody else is getting likes on likes, and I'm not. Everybody else is getting followers, and I'm not. Like, this guy, he, like everybody loves him. They think he's so funny, and that's not true of me. Like, I got funny things to say, but this guy's getting noticed for his funny things to say. That cat's a moron. I got better things to say. But I'm choosing to be meek because that's what people that live in the kingdom are. They're meek. Remind yourself, the reward that's coming is way better. You're going to inherit the earth. You're going to rule with Christ. When we are ruling with Jesus, how many of us are going to be like, hey man, how many likes did you get on that picture when you were 13? Nobody's going to care. Because this reward is way better. So why are the meek blessed? They're going to inherit the earth. They're going to get the promise that the king has promised to the people of his kingdom. To rule over the earth with Christ is what God has promised his people. And his people are meek. The meek are promised a future reward as a means to remain meek. It's motivation for you. When you read this verse, Jesus would have said this to these people. He said, hey, blessed are you meek people. You know why? Because you're going to inherit the earth. So when you're facing struggle, like the psalmist was, In Psalm 33, when you're under persecution, when you're in a a place where you could retaliate, when you're tempted to just go and do something just to be noticed, when you're in either of those situations, you can fight against that desire because you know your reward is better. You're going to inherit the earth. So live as the people of Jesus live. Blessed are the meek. There's one evaluation question for you. Does meekness describe your life? If you're in here and you're a follower of Jesus, you're saying, Yes, Kate, I am a Christian. Is meekness something that would describe you? Power under control? Or do you give in to every desire? Do you willingly submit yourself to a greater authority that is God? Or do you think you're the better authority? Because if meekness isn't describing your life, you should ask yourself these two questions. Is there unrepentant sin in my life? Am I indulging in sin? Hiding it? Maybe even ashamed of it, but I can't get out of it. I feel stuck in it. But I'm certainly not bringing it to God, and I'm certainly not bringing it to friends in my life. Because people would think I'm disgusting if they knew, but I just keep going back. I keep going back. And sometimes I want it and sometimes I hate it, but I just keep going back. Are you in unrepentant sin? That's probably why you're not bearing the fruit that people in the kingdom should bear. Because you're attaching yourself to things that aren't giving you life. They're actually taking it from you. So what should you do? You should repent. Repent. You should confess your sin. You should do what 1 John 1 says. You should walk in the light as he is in the light. If you're asking, like, Kate, I need to tell people that I sin. Yes. Newsflash. Everybody knows that you do already. Everybody in here would look at you and go, you're a sinner. The cross of Jesus outed you a long time ago. So don't hide thinking that you have to have it all together. The death and resurrection of Jesus proved that none of us do. So if you're an unrepentant sin, my invitation to you is come and repent. Find freedom. And go and bear the fruit that people in the kingdom should bear. The second question if you're not, if meekness wouldn't describe you, here's the second question that you should ask. If I'm not an unrepentant sin, but meekness doesn't describe my life, here's the next question I would ask Do I live in the kingdom? Do I follow Jesus? Because people who live in the kingdom will be meek. Not perfectly. Not perfectly. But progressively they will be. You don't have to be perfectly meek. You will be perfectly meek in the kingdom that's to come. But you ought to see glimpses of that in your life. Progressively growing as you grow with Christ. And if that doesn't describe you at all, you should ask yourself the question, do I even live in the kingdom? Do I follow Christ? And if you don't, here's my invitation. Come and follow Jesus. Friends, there's no better life available to you. There's no better kingdom to live for. You might think that yours is better. It isn't, and it will lose. Jesus' kingdom will win and it's the best kingdom to live in. My invitation is to come and believe Jesus. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Live in the kingdom. And if this is something that does describe you, here's my encouragement to you. Stay motivated to remain meek because there will be days where it is hard. But remember, you submit yourself to a greater authority, to a better master. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Your reward is greater. Live for the greater reward. Live the life that Jesus desires us to live as people who live in the kingdom.